In Titus 2, older women are commanded to teach what is good so they can help younger women love their husbands and children. On today's show, you'll hear from older women who will share timeless, relevant biblical wisdom and personal, profound life experiences to help answer your questions and teach what God says is good so you can be the wife and mother you were created to be. Welcome to another episode of Older Women Likewise. Hello, sisters. Thank you for joining us tonight. Tonight, it's just Isla and I, and Isla is going to be presenting a topic that she studied with some local ladies there, and they got so much out of it. And the name of this topic is On Your Own, Living Alone for the Christian Woman. So we try to have content in our program that reaches out to all kinds of people in all kinds of situations. And so this is one, Isla, that a lot of young women and older women both find themselves in, in the situation of living alone. So thank you so much today for putting this together. Oh, thanks. I really am proud to have the opportunity to present this material. Um, our class of women was more older women, and we okay. looked at it from that perspective, but there are many younger women uh, and middle-aged women who choose to live alone or through circumstances live alone. And as Christians, we approach that differently than the world does. And mm -hmm. uh, to bring a lesson that would help us all is uh, alone. So uh, we'll start with our PowerPoint uh, about on your own, living alone for the Christian woman. And uh, the, uh, it was interesting to me in reading about uh, the uh, single person. And we often talk about a single parent household but, um, oops, I did it wrong. Hold on. <laughs> but uh, in um, from the Harvard Joint Center for Housing Studies, as of 2015 in the United States, more than 25% of households were single person homes, one person in one home. Uh, in urban areas, big cities, more like 50% of the people live alone. And of all those single person households, more than 50% were women who live alone. It used to be more men lived alone than women, but now it's become more women that live alone. Uh, and we also wanted to uh, talk about how that happens. Why do women live alone? It may be that a young woman uh, chooses not to marry at this present time. She's pursuing education, she's pursuing a career, and uh, living alone is what she wants to do. It's her choice at this time. It also may be that a woman is, it would, would rather be married, but she hasn't found that special man to marry. And it's so much better, ladies, to not marry than to wish you had not married. <laughs> so, Amen, sister. Amen, sister. Absolutely. <laughs> and so uh, there are, this woman is uh, fine. She has a satisfactory job or a career, a full social life, and she's living alone uh, at this present time. Uh, it may be an older woman or even a younger woman, but is divorced or is widowed. Uh, and an older woman may have grown children. She had been a single 
woman, a uh, single mother, but now her children are grown and, and now they have their own homes. And so she is living alone. Another um, aspect that I'd like to also acknowledge is that oftentimes there are military wives or there may be wives of men who work like on in the oil rigs where they're gone for months or military, even years at a time. Uh, and they find themselves living alone and then living with a husband and then living alone. And that can be a really difficult situation too. Uh, but there are many reasons that women either choose to or begin to live alone. One of the things that I'd also like to talk about is how do we view solitude? Uh, and this was another part of the reading that I did. And, and I thought this was really an interesting way to look at it. Uh, if you choose it, it's a privilege. Oh, it's a blessing when you choose solitude. But if it's thrust upon you, then it can feel sad and pitiable and rejection. Uh, and it can it can be a negative, have a negative feeling for us. Um, there are different ways of looking at living alone. It can be assertive or positive or active, but it can be negative and passive as well. Uh, too often, society sees the man who lives alone as in a positive way. Oh, he has a bachelor pad. He's living on his own. He's doing what he wants to. But then the woman, poor thing, she can't find a husband or nobody wants her. Poor spinster, you know. Uh, and and we we have to as women in society and especially as Christian women in society, we have to be careful of what society tells us about what is the reality of our lives. God sees our singleness as an opportunity to serve. And later on, we're going to look at First Corinthians seven and thirty four in a little more depth. But this is a scripture that we really need to look at as far as being single and living alone. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I, I think it starts out may, maybe with negative emotion, depending on what happened that caused you to live alone. And so we can decide we're empowered by God to be able to, of course, experience our grief initially at some kind of loss, but then to choose a different perspective about it. And I think we'll see that later on with some uh, quotes that you have from women who have found themselves in this position and then get to the point like, hey, what am I supposed to be filling my life with now to the glory of God? Because sometimes that sadness is like lack of direction. And then you find a direction and using your singleness as an opportunity, which we'll get into more later. So initially negative emotions, sometimes hopefully you can Find that perspective, right? To feel good about the advantages. That's exactly right. And and in a way, that's what this lesson is about, is finding the positive and not dwelling on the negative. Yeah. And we talk here about loneliness. And I thought this was a great uh, definition of loneliness, the mismatch between how much social interaction we wish we were having and how much we are having. If yeah. you're not if you're not having social interaction and you want it, then you can feel lonely. But if you're not having social interaction, and you didn't want it anyway. You're not going to be lonely. <laughs> so, yeah. right. And so we don't we can't define a person as lonely because they live alone. Yes. They may not be lonely at all. 
Right. Um, and we need to be careful of our assumptions about yeah. people who live alone. Um, I totally agree because I've been guilty of that. I used to think when I looked at all the older women in our congregation, like, why don't they just all live together? And mm -hmm. now that I'm an older woman, I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> like, so yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> so you got it. You are absolutely right. <laughs> Um, but it's also important for us to remember as Christians, we are never alone. And uh, all this week, I've been thinking of that song, no, never alone. Oh, yeah. Thing. Uh, and the Christian is never alone. God is always with us. Romans 8 and verse uh, 38 through 39, uh, Paul says, for I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor everything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are never alone. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and uh, I love Philippians 4 as well, where Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Uh, there are many more passages that tell us that we are never alone when we are Christian, when we are with God. God's well, with I'm glad that you brought up, make your request known to God. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is the right time to say this, but make your request known to your congregation too. <laughs> yeah. While you're at it, you know, what are your social needs? Um, and a lot of times a congregation can put up sort of a schedule of like, oh, once every Friday, you know, maybe we yeah. could schedule a visit for this. And, you know, they, they'll do their best, I'm sure, to meet your social needs. And I mean, some older people host exchange students to fill that gap. Um, other people run an Airbnb or join a meetup or start a dinner club um, or bring people into their homes to teach them kind of what they specialize in. So, yeah, there's a lot of ways to address um, loneliness that might just take a little bit of creativity, maybe some things you hadn't thought about yet, but make your, your needs made known to your congregation as well as God. Absolutely. And that is so true. Uh, God's with us and our brethren are with us when they know what needs we have. Um, these are some quotes from a Facebook conversation about living alone and uh, the, the needs and the situation and, you know, just all the things about it that uh, I found were very interesting. Uh, there was a, a single Christian woman in her 30s who wrote, I feel I am at a point in my life where I am content. I am hoping to use this time of contentment to focus on my faith. And that is so exactly the way Corinthians tells us to do uh, is to focus on uh, your, your faith, focus on you, not only the things you believe, but the application of them. Another single woman wrote, my salvation does not depend on my getting married. I had to stop living as if it did, in other words, searching for a husband, and use the freedom that comes with being single for his work. And a woman who married later in life, I think in her 50s or 60s, she wrote, all the looking and dating led to unhappiness, but prayer and trusting in God's providence, plus getting busy with wholesome work and service to him was joyful. 
these I thought were great examples of women who are using that time, whether it's all their lives or all their adult lives or part of it, of living alone uh, and to, to go to God's service so that they could do more in God's service than what they might be able to do otherwise. I love their example. I love what they wrote. It just shows in life what it looks like to have learned to be content in every circumstance and using that contentment and that just the wisdom of accepting what we cannot change. Because if you think about it, if we wrangle with our negative emotions about things that are entirely out of our control or we've done what we could, but things aren't changing. And so it's it's out of our control. It's really the things that are out of our control are God's business. They're like none of our business. And so we kind of waste our life if and we're missing out on so much joy if we don't learn to have contentment like these very wise women that you've quoted have learned. So, yeah, so true. So very mm -hmm. true. Um, and he brings us to 1 Corinthians seven thirty four that says, and the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. And that's what it should be. When we marry, that should be our focus is pleasing our husband and taking care of the home and taking care of our children and so forth. But when you're unmarried, when you're living alone, then you can be anxious about the things of God. We have a, a single woman has a wonderful opportunity to serve God with a full and happy heart. Definitely, definitely. There's. I have a friend, Connie Dreger, who is such a good example of this. She's very introverted, but she decided when she looked at her extroverted sisters, uh, blood, blood relative sisters, she was going to be extroverted. And she just kind of made this decision where even though it didn't come natural to her, she now bounces around like a little butterfly and just floats around and she's babysitting for couples that really need a break or she's having slumber parties with the young girls or she's helping um, with people with um, kids. So she'll go to their house and help. She's just like going around the congregation constantly just being such a joy and such a gift to everyone around her. Super, super social life that she just chose. Hey, this is better for me and it's better for my congregation. So I, I love that when a single woman just goes for it, you know, I, that is so true. And, and such a good example of what, uh, Paul is talking about here is for us to be as single women living alone to be of service to God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on to the practical aspects, the challenges of living alone. And again, in our lesson that I did, we talked with the women uh, here in uh, Beverly Shores and Leesburg, we talked about some of their challenges, those who lived alone. And personal safety and security was definitely at the top of the list uh, because women of any age are often at greater risk for crime than men are, just the way it is. Mm -hmm. um, we need to, before you choose a place to live, look at the community's crime rate. Make sure that you're living in as safe a place as you can. Uh, the safety of the building uh, and make sure that you can, you know, doors that lock and fire safety and so forth. 
Uh, and sickness or injury when you live alone is more of a critical need than or critical situation than when you live with somebody, when you would live with a husband or you live with children or a sister or whoever. But the thing about it, if you get sick, if nobody knows, you might get sicker and sicker. Or if you're injured in the home and nobody without a way of letting someone know, then yeah. that can be a problem. One uh, lady uh, in the class said that uh, her, she and her neighbor who in the place where she lived, they had windows that faced one another. And wow. she said her, what her neighbor would do is she had like a pink note card. And in the morning when she got up, she'd stick that note card in the window and then so that uh, our, our sister would know that she, the lady was up. And when our sister got up, she'd put the card in her window. And then they'd know each other. if they didn't see the card in the window, then they knew oh. to visit and to go see, you know. So I thought that was a wonderful way. Just it's not obtrusive. It, it's not, right. you know, it's not getting all in your business kind of thing. <laughs> right. but it just sort of quietly lets the other person know that, you know, you're up. My mother and her sister lived across, they lived next to one another and they'd open their curtain, bedroom curtain windows. And that's how they, they would know. Uh -huh. that. But uh, whatever, a lot of times that really helps with your feeling of security to, to have another person that you communicate with daily mm -hmm. uh, that knows that you're sick. Now the Christian who is regular in their communication and attendance with other Christians, they'll be missed pretty quickly. Haven't we heard stories about people who yes. uh, don't get to, to Bible class Wednesday night and Thursday morning and somebody's seeing about them, you know, and yeah. had a need. So, but um, uh, again, safety and security for the single woman, regardless of the age, can be an issue, something to address. It also costs you a little more to live by yourself. And mm -hmm. that needs to be, you have to budget that. If you have a housemate, you share expenses. Um, but again, it may well be worth it to you for whatever reason. You have the complete responsibility for the home. Even if it's an apartment that you're renting, you still have a certain amount of decorating. Moving furniture can be an issue. You know, slide, don't lift, that sort of thing. And, and, uh, and then if you have your own home maintenance, it can be an issue for you. And hiring somebody to come in goes in there with the security thing. So uh, it just is all of the challenges that a person living alone has. But there are so many benefits for living alone. The freedom to do what you want to do. And, and the list just goes on. Or when we started, we were just really making that <laughs> list. <laughs> do right. what you want to, when you want to. And if you want a bowl of cereal at midnight, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you can decorate, you can organize just like you like it. If you want to have a table and put something, it's going to stay there till you move it. You know? so, right. right. <laughs> And the noise level, if, if noise bothers you, you don't have to have any unnecessary noise. Oh, we got into turn on the television, this one and this one. You know, we just <laughs> it was we were having a good time there. So um, if you're really interested in something, whether it's bird watching or knitting, you can follow that interest, whatever that passion is that you have. 
without in, without having to say, oh, wait, I have to stop. I can't do this now. I have to stop and do this for another person. Just, you know, stay up all night long if you want to. Entertain mm -hmm. the friends that you like, not that the other person likes, and <laughs> do things the way you want to do them. So there's a lot of freedom with living alone. I'm sure uh, all of us can think of other things that we'd say, oh, if I lived alone, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but also, and the most important freedom is the freedom to serve God unreservedly. If you are, you know, you have a Bible subject that you're really interested in, that you're really studying either for yourself, application for yourself or for somebody else, you can study that again all night long if you want to. You don't have to put it away so somebody else can do something. You can just do that as much as you want to. You can spend your money without having to feel like, oh, I'm taken away from the other person because you're not, you're just, it's your money. If you spend all, every penny you have, you're the only one that it makes a difference to. Um, and the same with your time, all your energy, you can serve God without any reservation of what about the other person. It's a great list for if you're just adjusting to the concept of living alone and you're trying to find the joy in that and the advantages. This is very useful. I'm glad your ladies put this list together, you know, because sometimes we can think of two or three of them like, oh, yeah, that too. And that too. So, yeah, handy little benefits list. Absolutely. Yeah, we had a good time doing this. But sometimes, and we've talked about more like if it's your choice to live alone, here are the things, but sometimes it's not your choice. It's forced upon you, either through death or desertion. And, and I, the next one is like, I don't know, are you deserted? Children of a single mother grow up and leave home. And some women feel deserted and they yeah, feel just true. really hurt, just, just yeah. gross. And others are so like, whew, okay, all right. <laughs> right. But I, I always tell people, why are you feeding them if you don't want them to grow up? <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is say. a good thing. Maturity. The scriptures have good things to say yes. about maturity. Yes. So this and, is a good thing. And and again, like you had said earlier, Cindy, it's your perspective, it's your reaction to the to the thing that has happened. If your children grow up and leave home. You can choose to be, oh, dejected and I'm all alone, poor me. Or you can say, you know, this is what I've been working for. All yeah. the time they've been born. How wonderful. This is great. You can choose your reaction to it. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps your beloved husband dies through illness or accident. And that happens with younger women. It happens with older mm -hmm. women. And again, leaves you bereft and yes. you know, sad, sad situation. And there's that process of grieving that has to take place. Yes. Uh, and divorce strikes us from time to time. And we didn't intend to, maybe we don't even see it coming. And then all of a sudden we're alone. Yeah. You would not have chosen to live alone, but now that you're living alone, you have the choice of how you react to your circumstances. I used to tell my students from fifth grade because they could understand it better. 100% of the time you do what you want to do. Yeah. Let that, you know, viewers, let that sink in and really think about that. 100% of the time you do what you want to do. Now things are done to you. 
that you might not want done to you, but what you do, your choice is how you react. Absolutely. Cindy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're in America in this day and age, I mean, there's people in North Korea aren't that aren't doing what they want to do. <laughs> so we're not saying more than what you just said, but generally speaking, um, you make the choice of doing what you want to do and thinking what you want to think about um, your circumstance. And that's empowering, you know, that you do have that control to have your perspective. Personally, I think controlling your head and finding that right perspective is one of the hardest things. And we're not saying like, make the decision. And we know, man, it you have to almost take every thought captive mm -hmm. to the obedience of Christ to be able to find that joy, which is one of the fruits of the spirit. So not easy, but it's about like thought by thought, curating your brain like you're running an art museum of like, I'm not, not going to think that oh, I am going to think that because mm -hmm. that's Philippians 4, 8. You know, it's true. It's lovely. You know, it's it's excellent, etc. So choosing your thoughts is what makes your um, perspective align with your goals in life, you know? Yep, absolutely. And the yeah. scriptures that came to mind for me were of Second Timothy 4, 16 and 17, where Paul says, at my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but yeah. all deserted me. May it not be charged against them, but the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Those that have been done wrong by somebody and have been deserted or abandoned by somebody, it feels like the lion's mouth sometimes. Ah, yeah. God is with you and God will deliver you. Now your choices, like Cindy was saying about people in other areas, it might be from a bad choice, you know, a choice that's bad for you to a choice that's worse for you. Yes. Uh, and so neither choice might be the one you wanted to make. Right. But you have to choose one, uh, you know, and in, in, in order to, to do, you have to choose one of those uh, and you make that choice and move on. And, and even, uh, you know, Paul gives us that wonderful example of what terrible choices he had, I guess you would say, uh, even from uh, either staying and going to Jerusalem to be tried or going before Caesar. I mean, that was like a bad choice and one worse, you know, in terms yeah. of what happened to him. But yeah. he made a choice and he worked with that choice. Um, right. And it's about making the most of every opportunity, mm -hmm. Colossians mm -hmm. 4 or 5, right? Just making exactly. which, which choice makes the most of the opportunity. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. Uh, Philippians 4 also Paul says, not that I'm speaking in be, of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I love how he says, doesn't say happy, but content. You know, um, we have a contentment there. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And uh, we're not, you may not have chosen to live alone, but you are alone. Your reaction is what's important. And remember, even though you're alone, even though you're living alone, God is with you. You're never totally living alone as long as you're with God. Mm -hmm. 
Um, there are, uh, in terms of living alone for older Christian women, and again, especially that unexpected living alone that okay. all of a sudden, um, and we've seen a lot of that during the pandemic, but we see it all the time. It, it you know, death comes to all of us uh, at one time or another. Um, but the, the for older Christian women, there's that difficulty of household chores. The older we get, the less able we are to do those the kind of chores that need to be done. Financial insecurity can come for the older woman. Social isolation is a real issue in living alone for older people, uh, more so than for younger people. Usually younger people are working, they go out, but the older person retired, not working, might find themselves socially isolated. Uh, depression and anxiety can lead, can also come from that. And nutritional needs can be a real issue. If you're not going out, if you're not able to get out, you might not be eating as well as you should. Uh, that bowl of cereal at midnight become a bowl of cereal constantly and just cereal's not good enough, you know. So uh, proper medical care can be an issue, not because you can't afford it, but because you can't get to it. Or, and it's sad to say, but sometimes uh, the medical profession is not as, uh, they don't listen as well to older people. Well, it's your age, you you know, so that makes it hard sometimes. Elder abuse can be a, a problem. Uh, mm -hmm. you may be looking for help in the wrong places and from the wrong people and become abused because of that. And, and then again, we all have to make those end of life preparations and doing that alone is difficult. Uh, it's, you have nobody to really talk to about it and so that can be an issue so um mm -hmm. uh, and cindy's so much younger than i am she's probably not facing any of these yet <laughs> well i just the list is really reminding me of my work when i volunteered for two police departments for seven years and often i would these would be the kinds of situations that we would walk into and um you know i'd be called out for either a victim crime or domestic violence crime and a lot of these needs, uh, a lot of these things on this list would be a part of, of what we'd be called out to. And I was just pondering it and thinking again, communicate your needs to your congregation. Yes. A lot of times I, I see the elderly will often be like, oh, I don't wanna be that much trouble. Everyone's busy. It's not that big a deal. They want you to call them. <laughs> like mm -hmm. they, you know, they're wanting to teach their children how to be others oriented and, and you are that opportunity. So make that phone call. Another thing that I've seen from time to time is um, older people that have a huge savings account, but they're like, I don't want to tap into that to have someone pay someone to come in and clean or to have, you know, a lot of takeout food like delivered to me with Uber Eats or whatever, or I just want to save all that for my children. I mean, if you have the funds to address a lot of your needs, um, your children would probably even tell you, get the help that, you know, hire mm -hmm. it out. That's, you know, you don't have to, we don't have to inherit every single, you know, <laughs> right. that's in your savings account. Take care of yourself. We love you more than your money. So Absolutely. spend what you need to spend to have your needs met. And, you know, in some situations, you, the congregation could help you find someone trustworthy because a lot of people are guarded. Like, I don't know if I want someone in my house. Like, what are they really doing? I mean, that's legit. So right. you know, it 
there may be a Christian who needs some financial help that would be like, this really helps me pay, pay my bills to come in and help take care of some of your physical needs. Oh, yeah. I guess I would also just mention in passing to 211.org. If you have, um, c- c- well, let me say this first. Sometimes a congregation's meeting some of your needs, but it's okay to get help both in and outside the congregation. You know, sometimes a congregation right. cannot meet all your needs. So I would just um, invite folks to discover 211.211.org uh, um, for community resources around financial assistance, mental health help, even food, basically anything. If you just call, even call 211, they kind of help you find who you're looking for to get the help that you need. So that's, that's another resource for folks in these kinds of situations that you have on your list here. Right. Very good. Um, and what I, I, another, th- I do all this reading on things. Another thing I read and that made perfect sense when you, there's the asker and the provider in a case like this, a person has a need and they ask when the, the person asks, the person with the need asks, they are thinking of the burden that they're placing on the other person. Oh, they're going to have to go to the store. They're going to have to buy these things for me. They're going to have to bring them to me. And, oh, I just hate to put that burden on them. But what's interesting is the provider, the person that you ask, rarely, and especially if they're Christians, rarely do they think, oh, this is going to be so much trouble. I'm going to have what they're thinking is, oh, this is great. I can serve. This will be wonderful. I can go and I can get this and then I can take it to them. We can have a little visit. Oh, I'll feel so good doing this. They'll be so happy that I do. That's what that person's thinking of. Mm-hmm. And, Agreed. But we think they're thinking of the bird. No, no, another time. <laughs> and, so, and, we re, and we don't ask. And that's what we really need to, to do mm-hmm. is to ask for the help that we needed, that we need. And, and um, that's, Another good point here that we in our last point we wanted to make was every Christian living alone doesn't need or desire help. If they just don't, they're on their own, they're on their own, they're fine. In yes. fact, you're the ones who are giving the help. And right, and right. Yeah. If, if, yeah. And so again, like we said about being alone doesn't mean that they're lonely. And so right. We, we need to ask. We need to say, how are things going for you? Uh, you know, I know you live alone. Is there are there any issues that I might can help you with? And so we need to be careful of that, too, uh, that we ask in the right way. Like Cindy has said, that that we're making sure they have a need rather than, oh, you live alone. You must be lonely. Let me do this for you. <laughs> right, right. And, <laughs> and uh, but. If you need help, you need to ask for assistance. And Cindy has given you some great resources for you to ask for community assistance and certainly that of your brethren. They want to help you. It's, it, the, God, the Bible tells us of the blessing that we get from helping. But if nobody asks, we can't help. We missing out on that blessing. And so please be sure to help. What I would also like is uh, for our viewers, whenever you view this program, please add your comments. We've made some uh, suggestions of what person, what a person can do to help, what a person can do to 
to find help that uh, that what what you might need what somebody else might can help you with I, we'd love to hear from people who are living alone as to what they would like for their sisters in Christ to do mm -hmm. uh, how, would, how would you like to be helped what do you think would help you uh, mm -hmm. quite often we just don't have any idea of that. Uh, and so, especially people who have not ever lived alone, and certainly no matter what their whatever situation I might have lived alone in, it's not your situation. It's not the situation you're living alone in. And so, help us out to help others by making some comments and some suggestions. Cindy, you've made some great suggestions already. Well, I guess just one little loose end that I'd like to toss in before we say goodbye is to be really specific about for how long do you, or how often do you want that help? Because sometimes um, a sister may say, yes, I could use some help. And, and she gets help and then she's like, do I have to ask every single time? Well, if you could be real specific about for how long do you, you know, would you like an ongoing thing as far, you know, would you like every Friday for the rest of your life? Okay. Uh, like how often? Mm -hmm. How often do you, you know, be real specific? And so sometimes it can be just a little miscommunication like that. Right. Absolutely. So that's all I have for this evening, Cindy. Good job. Good job. I really enjoyed it. And I think that's like you said, so many people in this situation. And I feel like there are some really practical things that you brought forth today. So thank you so much for that. Thank what you. do we talk about next week, Isla? Uh, Janisha Jeffries is going to be with us and uh, we're going to be talking about parenting and we, we each have a different perspective uh, and it'll be interesting to talk with her and to see her perspective as she's raising her young children. Yeah. You've raised yours and mine have almost raised theirs. And so, you know, <laughs> grandchildren. so it'll be great fun for us to get together. Oh, and Janisha is a lovely, lovely yeah. Christian woman. So I think everybody will be glad to meet her. Yes. Excited about that one. All right. Well, well, don't forget Tuesday night, answering religious error at eight o'clock and Wednesdays question and answer. Be sure that you are tuning in because these are some great programs as well. Uh-huh. All right. Well, thank you for so much for this, Isla. Thank you, Cindy. It's been a joy. So all right. Good night.